You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Felix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here once again. What a weekend it was for the Mariners. Quick turnaround to day baseball today, early start. But uh, we had to get a podcast in after a weekend like this, even on a holiday, even with morning baseball. It was just too good. So here's what's going to happen in the podcast today. We're going to review the weekend, some of the many, many, many highlights, some of the reaction to along the way. Just a tremendous weekend. The week that was is going to be here. It It's a pretty good one, as you can imagine. <laughs> it's a pretty good week. So the week that was is going to be here. Also, we have a conversation about Mike Zanino, what a return it was for Zanino. And also, at the end of the podcast, I hope you enjoy this, Gary Thorne, the voice of Baltimore, who has done, I mean, everything. He has done World Series, he's done the Stanley Cup, the Olympics. I mean, he has been one of the most prominent voices in all of sports down through the years. So a fun conversation with him about Baltimore, uh, about how they're playing, and also about some of the other things he has done in his career. Fun conversation that I hope you enjoy. Usually bullpen banter on Mondays, but that's going to be pushed back to tomorrow. So bullpen banter with Charlie Furbush, Tom Wilhelmsen. That's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Astros more in depth. And what is another big series? I mean, we started talking about this 20-game stretch, how important it was from the simple fact that you can gain so much ground playing the teams right around you. All these teams in the next 20 games, starting with Baltimore, in contention in the American League, Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City, Houston again, Toronto, the White Sox, all in contention for the postseason in the American League. And so far, so good. A four-game sweep over Baltimore. Keep in mind, Baltimore, coming into the series, had won seven in a row. They had just set the June all-time record for home runs in a month flying so high their offense surging they had crushed the most home runs in baseball instead during the four game series baltimore hits four home runs seth smith alone hits four home runs that gives you an idea of what this series was like for the mariners four wins 31 runs 23 extra base hits they hit 321 during this series. They walked 16 times, and they clubbed 10 home runs. A remarkable series for the M's. We'll see if they can keep building the momentum into the All-Star break. And important, important ball game starting with Houston tonight as they are tied with the Astros. Well, let's go through this game a little piece at a time. And 
you know, you they took the game on Thursday, so heading into Friday, Wade LeBlanc taking the ball for the second time as a Seattle Mariner, and he was really good. Jamie Moyer, when he was out there all those years, when he saw a guy take a big swing like that, he would throw the ball even softer. Let's see what LeBlanc does right here. Here's the stretch. Long hesitation, and now the 2 2 to Jones. Swing and a miss. He went softer at 77. Strike three. Adam Jones goes down swinging, and that will end the inning. He was great during the game. He was great after the game as well. I feel like my recipe is going to be similar regardless of when I'm starting or who I'm starting against. It's kind of change speeds, pound the zone, and um, Chris did unbelievable back there. I didn't have. I didn't have great stuff. I didn't. I mean, I never have great stuff, but I didn't have great command tonight, and, and he got me through that. I mean, how much, how much you have to love that? I mean, humble to an amazing degree, and he shut down one of the great offenses in the American League. He pitched well, and then Day Holy, Kyle Seager, both providing big bashes in the ball game. The 0-2, Seager swings, smacks it out, right field. Seager has left the yard, a two-run homer, and the Mariners have taken the lead in the bottom of the sixth inning. Seager's 16th of the season. It's 3-2 Mariners. The 1-1, swing and a well-hit ball, deep to left field. Going, going, goodbye baseball. It just missed Edgar's of the upper deck right above the head operated scoreboard day holy with his 11th home run of the year with Kyle Seager aboard Mariners third home run of the ball game and it's now the Mariners five and the Orioles two number 11 for day ho day ho another big blast <laughs> the Mariners one game, two of the series. Here's Steve Ciszek, who closed things down. Here's what he had to say about it. Down here with Steve Ciszek, who closed this one down. And Baltimore came in red hot, seven in a row, one of the best teams in the American League. You've taken the first two games of this series. What does that mean for you guys? It means a lot, you know. The next, as of yesterday, the next 11 games meant a lot to us, you know, going into All-Star break. And um, we really need to make a push for it if we want to make a playoff run. And so what better way to do it against the you know, or AL East, you know, first place team. So we've been playing great baseball. We just need to keep it going. Yeah, how important is it to take this momentum into the break? It's pretty much all or nothing. You know, it's we want to say we'll be out of it if we don't take the momentum in, but it's, been, it's not going to be easy. It's still not going to be easy right now. But right now, all we're worried about is uh, taking it one game at a time and um, really just playing, you know, good Seattle Mariner baseball. Save number 20 for you on the season before the All-Star break. What does that mean to you? Um, you know, it just means that we won 20 games. You know, I, I got to be a part of 20 wins so far, so that means a lot. Um, it's all that really matters to me at the end of the day is wins. I don't care if I go out there, give up that lead, and we win anyways. It just as long as we win, that's, that's all that matters. You had a young pitcher bridge the game to you tonight. What have you seen from Edwin Diaz? Uh, he's very, I mean, obviously a competitor. He's got great stuff, but what do you see off the field? He's very humble, you know, listens to the veteran guys real well and just wants to learn. You know, Benoit has been teaching him a lot out there, and uh, obviously he's been paying off. You know, the guy's got tremendous stuff, and he looks like he's starting to put it together. A lot of power in this ball game. You guys go deep a number of times. What is it like in the bullpen watching this offense go to work in a game like this? Well, it's... 
Hey, well, it's awesome, first of all, but it's really awesome when uh, you're warming up to go in a one-run ball game and Dejo Lee gives you a two-run two cushion. So um, I like that. I know the rest of the bullpen loves it, and that's why we all stand up and slap five with each other. Congratulations on the win. All right, thank you. I mean, that's so great. He's warming up for a one-run ball game. Dejo Lee smashes a two-run home run. He's got a three-run cushion just like that. The Mariners win 5-2 to two on Friday night. And then on Saturday, the return of Mike Zanino to Seattle. And, I mean, storybook stuff in his very first at-bat back in a Mariners uniform. Can you believe it? And the next offer, swing and a drive deep to left field. And this one is going to be gone. Goodbye, baseball. Welcome back, Mike Zunino, into Edgar's Cantina. Line drive, left field, first at bat in his 2016 debut. Mike Zunino hit a laser beam of a home run into Edgar's Cantina. A two-run shot with Lynn aboard. And it's now the Mariners five and the Orioles nothing. And that's a nice way to signal your return to the ball club. Mike Zunino, first at bat, home run number one on the year. He would go deep later in the ball game as well. We'll hear that in just a few moments. Also threw a runner out. He was amazing, and so was the offense. The Mariners pile up 12 runs. They beat Baltimore 12-6 to on Saturday. The offense was ridiculous. Nine extra base hits for the Mariners in that ball game. That's the third most ever in a game for the Mariners at Safeco Field. They had done 10 extra base hits twice. Once on May 15th, 2000, and once on August 22nd, 2001. It had been a long time. And it would have had 10 extra base hits, but Dejo Lee during the ball game. He actually had a double, slid into safe second, but couldn't stay on the base. He gets tagged out, so it ends up being a single. Would have been a double. Would have been 10 extra base hits in the ball game for the Mariners in that game. And the home run numbers continue to be amazing. The Mariners tremendously explosive and just buried Baltimore in that ball game. Zanino, after the game, thrilled, obviously. An amazing ball game for you. First of all, how does it feel not only to be back in the big leagues, but have a night like tonight? I mean, it means a lot. I mean, it's a lot of fun just to be back here. I mean, there's there's been a lot of hard work in that, and you I mean you need that opportunity to, to have a chance like tonight. And uh, I'm just happy to get that. And you I mean the team came out and played great. And I just wanted to contribute any way I could. So you connect on the home run in your first event. What was going through your mind as you were rounding the bases? Uh, it, it was nice to get the first hit out of the way, and for it to be a home run was even better. But uh, I mean, I've been trusting what I've been doing. I was able to get a good pitch to hit with two strikes. They just tried to put the bare line, and luckily we stayed up with a little bit of top spin there. You look around at this lineup, an explosive night for you guys as a club. What do you see when you look at this offense as a whole? I mean, it, it's really dynamic. I mean, uh, a lot of guys take a lot of walks. I mean, there's a lot of patience here, but, you know, the guys can swing it. So, I mean, when you come out and swing the bats like we do, uh, match with the pitching that we have, I mean, it's, it's a fun team to be a part of. And, I mean, when it's clicking, it's a lot of fun. So you hit two home runs. You also threw a guy out at second base. Which is more fun? Uh, the throw to end that inning, the first inning, get everything out of the way was really fun. It sort of took all, all the nerves and stuff out of the way. But, uh, you know, it's nice to contribute on both ends. And, I mean, just try to do whatever I could. Mike, congratulations on the win. A great ball game. It's great to see you again. Thanks a lot. Great. Thank you.
There it is, Mike Zanino, and he's going to be in the lineup uh, today against Houston. So we'll see what kind of encore he has. So the Mariners take the first three games of the series, and they were looking for the four-game sweep, the rare four-game sweep, and they got off to a great start. Seth Smith, who we haven't talked about yet, had a monster ball game. And the 0-2, he swings and rifles this high, right center field. Is it four straight games? It is! Grand slam, Seth Smith! A home run in every game of this series. He is scalding hot, and it's 4 nothing Mariners. He's homered in four straight games, his first grand slam of his career, and the Mariners' offense poured it on again, and yet they had some pitching as well. Tying run is at second. Two outs, and the one-two. Swing and a miss for strike three. 96 with some nasty movement to it. And Scope is down swinging. And Diaz strikes out the side here in the top of the seventh inning. So Diaz has fanned 10 hitters in a row, 10 outs, all by strikeouts. Randy Johnson, the only other Mariner to do that. So Diaz already a piece of history. He can take it for himself against Houston coming up. His strikeout rate is ridiculous. As of when the game ended, Edwin Diaz, strikeouts per nine innings for pitchers that have thrown at least as many games as he has, 14. He's got the very best strikeout rate, strikeout per nine in the American League, 17.02 strikeouts per nine innings which is amazing. Miller for the Yankees is second, 16.40. Batonsis, 16.20. Grilly for Toronto, 16.2. Chapman, 13.71. Kimbrell, 13.50. There it is, Edwin Diaz at the top of the heap. If you can believe that, just incredible what he has done. The offense was ridiculous. I mentioned Seth Smith. I was doing some work on Smith and Gutierrez. This is before the ball game. They had combined to hit 271 with 18 home runs and 59 RBIs, 40 walks as a pair. I mean, they had this all-star production they're getting between those two guys. Really impressive. Also, history for the Mariners with that Smith home run because that was number 10. For Smith, I think I talked about this on the podcast already, uh, but I can't remember if I did or not. I think I did. But anyway, they, with that home run, seven Mariners now are in double figures in home runs. First time in Mariners history that's ever happened. Seven different players in double figures in home runs by the All-Star break. And they have a chance to get eight because Gutierrez right now is sitting on nine, and eight is the major league record. The Blue Jays in 2010 did it. Adam Lind was on that team, and he was part of it. One of Cano's Yankees teams did it, and also the 2004 Yankees did it. Just three times teams have had eight players reach double figures before the All-Star break in homers, and the Mariners are one home run away from joining that club. That's how explosive this offense has been, and they were explosive in this series against Baltimore Kyle Seager I thought was really great after the ball game yesterday so I'm just going to play the whole thing because he talked about kind of a key before the series a meeting with the skipper and I just think he was really good talking about this stretch and everything else so here's Kyle Seager after the game 
Let's talk about the whole series here. I mean, this after coming off the road trip that you guys had, it's quite a turnaround. What, what have we seen, and, and what have you guys kind of been through this week here? Um, you know, we have a we have a good team, and um, you know, we played some we played some good teams this this homestand for sure, and you know, we were able to um, you know play pretty well. You know, I thought we, we threw the ball pretty well against some some really good lineups. You know, especially Baltimore, that's that's a really good lineup right there, and um, you know, we, we threw the ball well and you know continued to swing pretty well. Skippers talked about having some of you into the office a few days. Ago and just asking for a little bit more focus. How does that translate? Uh, you know, it seems like we should do it more often. It worked, it worked pretty well. So yeah, no, um, it's something that needed to happen. You know, the especially you know the Detroit series. You know, we kind of got flat a few times, and you know it's a it's a long season. That stuff happens, but you know the trick is to come out of it as, as soon as possible. Does feel like more of the way you guys can play the last four days? I mean, it's certainly what we're capable of. You know, it's a, it's a really good group here. It's a really deep group. You know, there's a lot of um, you know a lot of different ways that you know this this group can succeed. And you know, I think we you know we we're, we're clicking pretty good this series. How much of what we've seen with the offense is just really you know kind of zoning in on the scouting reports with the pitchers trying to do to you and just better at bats in that regard. Well, we've just been competing. You know, that's been that's been it. We, we've been a lot more competitive at bats. You know top to bottom, you know, through the whole lineup, you know, there's, there's been an approach, you know, we, we've been going over that every day, but, you know, we've been, we've been competing and, you know, just, just grinding a whole lot better. Jeff Smith won't tune his own horn, but how huge is he? He should, been? yeah, that's pretty <laughs> impressive, yeah, he, he's been great, you know, the, you know, he, he always puts together a professional at bat, but, you know, with the course of the season, you, you get, you get hot and you get going, and, you know, it's been a lot of fun for us to, you know, kind of, you know, jump on his back, so, I mean, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Service said to he, I mean, for the series that you wanted you guys to ratchet up the intensity, what does that mean day to day? Well, I mean, I think if you if you look at how we played, uh, you know, especially in, there was a there was a game in Detroit that was really bad. I felt like with the energy, and um, you know, it, it completely changed. You know, the guys, that, you know, Leonis Martinez always has great energy, and you know, he's always in the top step. But you know, you you get other guys, you get everybody that's you know playing, not playing, to stay right there with them and be active in the game, and you know, really cheering and you know, really pulling for each other a little bit, a little bit harder. And you know, I mean, you know, it's it's a long season. You you know, you get tired. You get lulls, but you know, you you look at the good teams, and there's there's a different energy about them. And you know, I think this series especially was was really good in the energy department. Does that four game does this four game sweep reinforce that that when you guys play that way, that good things can happen? Well, I mean, you can play well and lose. So I mean, it, it, this is a you know, it's a tough league. It's not just if you know you play well, you win. You know, there's there's good teams, and you know, you run into pitchers that are you know on their game and. You know, there's really not much you can do there. So, you know, it, but, you know, the, the games that you can win, you have to win. So, you know, I think, um, you know, offensively we, we did we did well this, this series and, you know, our pitching was great. So, you know, those are those are games that, you know, we were in a position to win and we were able to. So, you know, I, we have a good team and, you know, that was a good team. So given the totals and the fact that you guys hit 10 home runs this series, are you guys a home run hitting offense? Well, you hit 10 home runs in a series. That that certainly helps in the wins department. But, you know, I, I don't think – I don't consider us just a, you know, a team that's out there just trying to slug. You know, I think if you, you look at the at-bats, we've been putting pretty quality at-bats. There's been a lot of doubles, I felt like, this series. We, we got our fair share of walks. I mean, it, it's a – it's a it's a pretty um, – it's been a pretty good approach, and it's been – 
you know, it's been pretty professional, I feel like, from top to bottom. This whole homestand pretty important, too, though. I mean, you lost six in a row kind of before you came, came over. Now you win seven out of nine on this homestand. Just kind of brighten yourself a little bit. Well, win, winning's important. You know, that, that, that solves a lot of issues. And, you know, that's uh, you know that's definitely a big thing. But, you know, you're, you're going to have times in the season where you lose, you know, hopefully not six in a row. But, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a bad series, and they're going to be back-to-back. And, you know, everybody's going to, you know, panic on you. But it's, it's a long season. And, you know, we know that in this group. And, you know, I think the meaning helped with that. But, you know, we, we believe in what we have here. That was Kyle Seeger in the clubhouse after the game. So today, Mariners and Astros on the 4th of July. Happy 4th. 11-10 first pitch in Houston. And then they'll take on Houston for three. Royals for four. And then the All-Star break. So the sprint to the break. And, oh, yeah. There was so much that happened over the weekend. It's hard to cover. There's so much and so thick in those three games. But uh, I think we skimmed it pretty well in the last uh, 20 minutes. So right now we're going to continue with what happened over the weekend with Mike Zanino in particular. Here's a conversation we had about the Mariners catcher. Blowing outside in the dirt, knocking it down. Zunino, the throw to second. Runner takes off, and it's in time. Mike Zunino. And the next offer, swing and a drive deep to left field. And this one is going to be gone. Goodbye, baseball. Welcome back, Mike Zunino. The first pitch tonight from Gibbons. Zunino swings, crushes this left field. This is gone. Mike Zunino's second home run in his season debut. The Mariners are teeing off. Fifth Mariners home run tonight, 12 to 4. Mariners lead it. How much fun was that? That sounded awesome as we're back here at the Emerald Queen Casino Roundtable at Safeco Field. Gary Hill back with you. Full roundtable here. Mike Blauer, Shannon Dreyer, Aaron Goldsmith, Rick Riz, all here to talk about. This is going to be a fun conversation because we're going to start with Mike Zanino and his return to the Mariners. And I don't think you could have scripted a better return. I mean, you you have to feel great for Mike Zanino personally, and you have to feel great for the Mariners as well with the big night. But two home runs, the great play thrown out the runner at second base, just what a return it was for Zanino. Yeah, Rick, we mentioned it on the postgame roundtable. Him throwing out the runner at second base in the first inning on the ball in the dirt had to have been such just a wonderful start for Zanino. Even though we know how good he is defensively, yeah. that wasn't the issue. But still, just to know that right away, the top of the first inning comes to a close and he's already made a great play. Yeah, you know, right after that, he already feels good about his performance no matter what happens. But what happened after that was absolutely, you know, unbelievable. I mean, first time up, uh, a, a leadoff double by Adam Lynn. His job was hit the ball to the right side, try to move along. Well, he gets a slider out over the plate and hits a rope, a line drive home run right over the top of the wall in left field. Great start. The story continued to get better. The home run again by Zunino into Edgar's Cantina later on in the sixth inning. And then there was the walk, you know, and everybody was worried about, you know, is he going to be able to stay away from that slider in the dirt? He had so many problems offensively over the last two years. But again, he got to the big league so early. He was trying to learn at this level. But to have a game like that, it was so good, I think, for the mental aspect besides what he did to help the Mariners win a ball game last night. It was great to see this kid come out with a game like that Shannon there had to be butterflies yeah. even though he's been here and he's done this there had to be you know sure. he wanted to go out and have a good game this is a guy that's always got to put my pitching first I got to put my pitching first but you've always known he's been an offensive player too so it was tough to see 
you know, those struggles when he had them, but to go about the way that he did. And, you know, the work started in the offseason. They had the talks before the offseason began. He went and worked with Kyle Seeger a little bit in the offseason. He was part of the Hitters Summit in January. uh, Kind of learned a little bit more about the offensive approach that they were going to take. Then to take it into spring training, knowing where he was going to end up, which is hard. And then to go down to the minor leagues, to go to AAA and continue that work. I mean, just everything that he has put in has just been so remarkable, and he has the attitude that you would expect him to. I mean, this is a guy that we all know, and we all know just how fantastic he's been behind the scenes. It's just so easy to pull for a guy in this situation. It's interesting how this game works. Uh, You know, for Mike, I can't even begin to explain how difficult it must have been for him to hear after being an everyday catcher at the major league level that not only are you not competing for a job, you have no chance to win a job in this team, and you're going to go to AAA and you're going to work on these things. It's, it's, it's so hard, especially when you've gone through it. And, it's, and, and sometimes in this game, especially at this level, because there is a microscope and there's a lot of pressure on these guys every single day, you need a life preserver. There was never one for Mike. That's hard to deal with. You know, I, I think about... The majority of the players at this level, and including somebody like Kyle Seeger, you come up here, you struggle, you go back down, it gives you an opportunity to regroup in your mind, to think about why you struggled, to work on what you need to work on, to fine-tune it to a point, come back, and hopefully have success. Sometimes it takes two or three times. Mike never had that. No. And I was watching him last night. Aaron and I were talking about it before the game, on what would be a success for Mike in the game tonight. And... My comment was, put the ball in play three times. Hopefully get a hit, but just put it in play three times. And there he goes, quickly behind in the count, one, two. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, let's just put the ball in play. Figure it out. And he hits the ball out of the ballpark. Who knows what that's going to turn into. Mm -hmm. But the difference between a pitch that happened in his first at bat could be the world to him. Mm -hmm. Because now he's getting some confidence. He hits another home run. You mentioned the walk was a really good at bat for him. That is something that you, you can't. You'll never be able to measure it, but the confidence that he gained from that and the amount of pressure he took off of himself and the focus on him and what he's been working on and how it's been and the struggles that he's had all just went away right there in an instant. And sometimes in this game you need something like that. Scott Service, I think, said it the last couple of days. That's why Chris Iannetta is so valuable to Mike because he said the last two days he doesn't have to be the guy. just needs to go out there. And play, and that's what he did last night. But yeah, and then that'll help as he moves yeah. forward, Rick. But I, I think that yesterday was such a, a huge thing for him. Oh yeah. Um, and we'll see. We'll see where where he goes with it. I think he'll get probably get to start tomorrow. But and we'll see what happens. But things in this game sometimes happen, and it just makes such a difference. And you'll reflect back on it hopefully, and go, that's the reason why. That's what happened. Uh, you know, blow. You bring up. Him coming to camp this year and being told even before camp that he wasn't going to compete yeah. for a job. And really, you can even go back further to when he was sent down to AAA last season. It was just so odd. We were days away from rosters expanding at that point. Yeah. And Mike had just trudged through the season, and he walked into the batter's box and every time looked up at the scoreboard and seen his average at 180 or 190 yeah. or whatever it was. And he had just put put through the gauntlet and then right before rosters get expanded we all were left scratching our head when Zanino gets sent down you burn an option on him and you send him down and and then he has the whole offseason to think about it 
which is not a very comforting thing, was not called up, when, uh, of course, when rosters expanded. It was just the whole thing was just bizarre. That thing, though, Aaron, I'm telling you, I, and I, I'm sure that Mike at the time was probably shocked by it, but it, and it probably should have happened long right. before then, yes. but it was the best thing for him. Because at that point, I don't care. Mike is great, and, and you talk to him, and he says the right things, but I don't care who you are. Whether you're a veteran guy, when you've struggled like that, you are beat up. And he did not need to go back up to home plate. He didn't need to be in the dugout and be available to go to home plate anymore. He needed to just take a break from all of it. And I think that that was a great move. And I think, and I think putting the plan ahead of him going into this year was brilliant. The original plan was to bring him back in September, and Jeff Kingston made the decision not to. I, he did I, not want to give him the opportunity not to end on a good note. He thought it was the best thing. Mm-hmm. Let's let's keep moving forward rather than taking a chance of perhaps moving backwards, and I think that was an absolutely great decision. I agree, because at whatever games he would have had over, what was it, a couple of weeks before right. he right. come back? But he wouldn't have played every day either, so it would have been a struggle. It would have been a struggle, and even the, but he, if, he, if he made any gains at all over those two weeks, why set him all the way back to where he was just at? The time wasn't, it wasn't long enough. I, I thought that it was, it was really good, and I know that from a player that has struggled, that break is nice to have. I, I can remember Lou for myself one year. I think it was in 95, the, my best year. I was struggling early. And Lou, I came to the ballpark one day, and he didn't send me down, but Lou said, you know what, Mike? You're going to get the next three days off, and I don't care if we run out of bodies. You're not getting on the field. <laughs> go work on your hitting. And all it did was, it, one, it gave me a chance to go do that, really concentrate on it, not have to compete and grind through four at-bats. But more importantly, I got to sit and watch and watch other guys go about their business and realize it's a game. I've played it. I've had some success at it. It's going to be fine. But I had the mental break from it, and I think for Mike, he really needed that after two years of just really struggling. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what it turns into, but I'm pretty optimistic for him. And before we get to Gary Thorne, how about a little week that was some of the great moments from over the weekend? This is the week that was a look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week on Mariners magazine. Here is the pitch of the way swing and a fly ball deep to left field. No doubt about the distance. Goodbye baseball upper deck left field line. Holy smokes. What a shot by Nelson Cruz with Canoa aboard. And it's now the Mariners five and the Pirates nothing for Nelson Cruz. His 20th home run of the season. That is his eighth consecutive year with 20 or more home runs. This is my boomstick. Boom, 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 boom. Pitch swung on, well hit ball, straightaway center. Martin racing back to the warning track, still going back. Reaches up and he makes the catch. Races himself up against the wall in straightaway center field. 2-2 pitch, swung on, fly ball deep into the gap in right center field. Martin racing back and this one is off the top of the wall. Machado to second, stumbles, stops, goes back, the throw to Marte. The relay back to Lee and it's in time. Machado is out at first. Jamie Moyer, when he was out there all those years, when he saw a guy take a big swing like that, he would throw the ball even softer. Let's see what LeBlanc does right here. Here's the stretch. Long hesitation, and now the 2 2 to Jones. Swing and a miss. He went softer at 77. Strike three. Adam Jones goes down swinging, and that will end the inning. My recipe is going to be similar regardless of when I'm starting or who I'm starting against. It's kind of change speeds, pound the zone, and Chris did an unbelievable back there. I didn't have 
I didn't have great stuff. I didn't. I mean, I never have great stuff, but I didn't have great command tonight, and, and he got me through that. The 1-1. Swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to left field. Going, going. Goodbye, baseball. It just missed. Edgar's blue lit sign on the facing of the upper deck right above the head-operated scoreboard. Seager aboard. Mariners third home run of the ball game. And it's now the Mariners five and the Orioles two. Number 11 for Day Ho. Day Ho. The right enters 2 2 to Hardy and it's strike three called and it's over. The Mariners win it tonight. A final score of 5 to 2 over the Baltimore Orioles. Steve Ciszak strikes out the last two hitters that he faces and he picks up his 20th save of the year. You know, it means that we won 20 games. You know, I got to be a part of 20 wins so far, so that means a lot. Um, it's all that really matters to me at the end of the day is wins. I don't care if I go out there, give up that lead, and we win anyways. It just as long as we win, this is all that matters. Welcome back. The stretch and the pitch. Low and outside in the dirt, knocking it down. Zunino, the throw to second runner, takes off, and it's in time. Mike Zunino. And the next offer swing and a drive deep to left field, and this one is going to be gone. Goodbye, baseball. Welcome back, Mike Zunino. Into Edgar's Cantina. Line drive, left field, first at bat in his 2016 debut. Mike Zunino hit a laser beam of a home run into Edgar's Cantina. Spot, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. The first pitch tonight from Gibbons. Zunino swings, crushes this left field. This is gone. Mike Zunino's second home run in his season debut. The Mariners are teeing off. Fifth Mariners home run tonight, 12 to 4. Mariners lead it. I mean, it means a lot. And you I mean it's a lot of fun just to be back here. You I mean there's there's been a lot of hard work in that, and you I mean you need that opportunity to, to have a chance like tonight. And uh, I'm just happy to get that. And you I mean the team came out and played great, and I just wanted to contribute any way I could. And the 3-0 pitch, swinging high fly ball. Deep right center field. Rickard on the run to the track. Looks up, goodbye baseball. Holy smoke, Scott Service gave him the green light and Seth Smith took advantage of it. The payoff pitch, Lynn swings and he lines it high towards left center field. This has enough and it's gone into the Mariners' bullpen. The fourth home run tonight by a Mariners hitter. It's the third hit this evening from Lynn, who is now a triple shy of the cycle. Scope a lead at first, and the 3-1 swing and a high fly ball into left center field. Going back as Martini's there, waits, and he makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners win it, and they win it big tonight, 12-6 over the Orioles. The Mariners have won the opening three games of this three game series they go to 42 and 39 on the year three games over 500 and now here's a conversation with the great Gary Thorne so Manny Machado with the bases loaded and drilled in the air 
left center field. It is way back. And goodbye, home run. A grand slam for the Orioles' sixth home run of the day. An 11-3 lead and two for Manny. Gary Hill with you alongside Aaron Goldsmith, Rick Riz, and the great Gary Thorne. Uh, Gary, it's great to have you here. You speak highly of me too soon. <laughs> <laughs> we well, haven't started. Well, we, we heard your home run call there. This team, this Baltimore team, is giving your home run call a lot of work so far this year. Way too much. Sore throat time. Uh, yeah, they're living and dying by the home run as evidence here in the first two games where they have not hit two or three per ball game and have not been able to pick up the Ws. Yeah, they're... I mean, that's what they are, and they knew that when they came into the season, and it's kind of been uh, hand the baton off. They've got a better on-base percentage because they've got a lot of guys who can hit home runs. So the idea right from the beginning was let's get a couple of guys on. Let's go back to Earl Weaver with the three-homer three homer ball games. <laughs> and uh, so far, that's worked pretty well. You know, Gary, this has been an incredible season for the Orioles, as we talked about with the home runs, and Mark Trumbo has been a big part of it. What have you seen in your time around Mark so far this season? Well, I love him as a as a person. I think he's a great guy. He's, he's just he's a good teammate. Clearly, he uh, he enjoys being around this ball club. The players really like him. Mm-hmm. He's quiet. He goes about his business. Uh, not afraid to say something though. As a leader, if uh, already he does that, if he sees there's a need to step in somewhere and say, "Come on." You can do better than that. Let's pick this thing up a little bit. He'll do that. He's worked very hard to play the outfield. He's not an outfielder, uh, but but Bucks had him out there and right a lot, and he's really worked at it. He goes out early, takes fly balls. He's got a great arm, as you know, and uh, he's got the home run power. I, he's a he's a great teammate. Gary, your ball club last year was 581 and 81. This year, 47 wins. Well before the All-Star break and in first place of the American League East. Besides the home runs, what's been the biggest difference for the Orioles? Well, it's the home runs are the biggest difference, but that's what Buck preaches. It's it's home runs, it's defense, and it's the bullpen. Those are the three things that allow the Orioles to win. And the other that we obviously have left out, and the big question mark is, can you continue to do this without a starting rotation that matches the rest of your team? Because it doesn't. The fact is the Orioles out hit their pitching. Yeah. Now that's asking a lot of an offense to do for an entire year. They've done it so far but there's concern about that and I think I know think I know the Orioles are out there looking is there somebody who can be picked up to fill a rotation role uh, because they're probably going to need it. We get to watch Manny Machado just a handful of games and enjoy him from afar. What is it like to watch Machado on a daily basis. Well, he's just such an exceptional player, and at the age of 23, obviously, a long way to go. Uh, I don't know how to define that because playing at third base, he does things that Brooks Robinson used to do, and you don't say that lightly. Yeah. If you're going to comp- if you're going to use Brooks Robinson and Manny Machado in the same sentence, you think about it a long time. <laughs> but but he but he does do those things. Now, can he sustain that? Do that for a career like? Brooks he had I don't know and then Hardy gets hurt and he goes over to short which is where of course he came up in professional baseball and plays the heck out of that he could clearly be a major league, an exceptional major league shortstop but they want him at third because he gives them so much there at a spot where they really don't have anybody else to play and then you watch him at the plate and it's pretty phenomenal I mean at this time the books out on him everybody knows what they're going to see and what he hits and what he doesn't and there doesn't seem to be much that he doesn't hit. He's able to make adjustments already at a young age. So you're looking at a 
you know, a great career already early, and maybe you're seeing a career of somebody who's going to have Hall of Fame credentials down the road. You recognize his voice. We're talking with Gary Thorne, the TV voice of the Baltimore Orioles. And, Gary, you have had the privilege of broadcasting a dozen World Series. Mm. Can you give us what, when, off the top of your head, what has been your greatest World Series memory from any of the games that you've called? Boy, that's a, that's a lot. Uh, probably the uh, probably the Arizona Yankees series and that uh, little blue pit that ended up going into left field and won it for the Diamondbacks against the Yankees. And the reason we remember that Rick Sutcliffe and I were doing the game, Mariana Rivera had come on to finish it up, and we said, I, mean, I don't say this, I'm not patting myself on the back. It was just obvious that that this was a situation. With Mariano Rivera sawed off bats on a regular basis, and uh, Jeter had moved in because they were thinking about maybe holding that runner and get a play at the plate. And we said, you know, that's a dangerous thing to do in this situation because if Mariano gets the pitcher he wants it, he's going to bust a bat and the ball's going to bloop and it's going <laughs> to end up being right where the shortstop would have been, and now he isn't. And that was a tremendous moment because Arizona was not favored. The Yankees were. They pulled a huge upset, and they did it with an exciting finish at the end uh, but there were lots of others I mean the Cardinals thinking about their World Series wins when they had major comebacks I mean it's the excitement of the games that I remember overall more than I do individual moments because it's just been so much fun to just be there and to, and to see and feel it and it's not just baseball that you're so good at I mean I love uh, you I love you be my agent <laughs> you be my agent you know I, I told these guys I think I think you're worthy of the Hall of Fame because all the things Ooh. that you did on the national basis how good you are Ooh. in that Baltimore community with this Orioles franchise but you also oh. did hockey for many years and yeah. uh, I don't know how you do it with all those names that you have to pronounce very quickly. see I have an I have an answer to that though <laughs> have you you done hockey before never never did hockey no, no. no. Well, my answer always is when people say that to me, would you know if I mispronounce it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No. So, yeah. so I just say, of course I did it right because you're not going to know any difference anyway. But I think we. we yeah, Gary, let's, uh, let's, let's give a yeah. listen, can we? 3 2 in favor of the Lightning. Up the near side wall, looking. Tango had nowhere to go with it. Dropped it into the corner. Tampa Bay does not want to be playing the puck here around the wall. Richard shot, save, rebound, score! Okay, what's better? That was easy, Fedotango. 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 What's more yeah. fun to call? A, a, a game-winning home run in the World Series? <laughs> Or a Stanley Cup goal to win game seven? I've never answered that question and never will because I don't think I can. They're two entirely different things because I've always said the reason I enjoyed doing those two sports was they were completely different, mm -hmm. obviously. You're doing baseball, you get talk, you're telling stories. There's a lot of so-called downtime because in hockey there is no downtime. There are no stories. You hope yeah. you're on the puck. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that's, all you get, that's what you get to do. Uh, it, it's very hard. I mean, I... I've always loved the the Stanley Cup playoffs to me, two and a half months, I think, is the greatest sporting time in period. Really? Those two and a half months are last man standing days. Yeah. And and for the team that wins the Stanley Cup, you've had to play a regular season, and then you've got to go for two and a half months where everything is, the ante is up, the play is up, it's tougher, it's harder, you grind. I mean, I've, the two and a half months for the hockey playoffs to me are the greatest, greatest events in sports. 
That's that was, that's a lot of fun to hear two home, a home run call and a Stanley Cup call like that, and that's uh, it's remarkable. And I, I'm with Rick. I don't know how you get the names right, and, but I understand what you're saying. We probably wouldn't know the difference either way. <laughs> yeah. well, he did the when we did the Olympics, we had uh, uh, doing the Olympic games. I had somebody who acted as my spotter and assistant, who was from uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Norway or Sweden. And God love the guy. He sat right next to me for the entire thing, and before every game, we went phonetically through really? all of the rosters, and went and I would do it. You know, I wrote it out phonetically on my sheet next to the name that I'd used to do the game. I mean, without that, I would have died. <laughs> but you've got, you've got to have somebody like that with you. You do a great job, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, really Gary, do. thanks for coming by. We really appreciate One it. One Anytime. Thank you. See you later.